let's just get it out of the way. I tend to change phones, shall we say, about as often as most people get their hair cut. So when I get to say that my SIM card that is all but exclusively held for my phone of the month problems has been attached to the same Samsung Galaxy Flip 4 that I literally purchased on the show last year, honestly, it might be a record. The phone isn't slow, but isn't necessarily fast either. The build quality has every shortcoming that a modern foldable phone has, and then some. And even when unfolded, it's still noticeably smaller than the iPhone that rides shotgun in my other pocket. So why then has this phone stood my version of a test of time, where countless others have gotten their 30 or so days of trial by combat, followed by relegation to the dreaded desk drawer of waiting until something else comes along that it can be, well, traded in towards. The best answer I can come up with, but stay with me here, is that the flip is actually different. It's actually novel. Dare I say, often it's even fun. If you haven't pieced it together yet, or read the episode title, I am in my usual roundabout way building up to Samsung's foldable unpacked event for 2023. No, the Flip 5 wasn't by far the only announcement. In fact, there were several and each had their own unique way of standing out in sometimes subtle, but always meaningful ways. We're gonna do our best to hit them all, give a bird's eye view of what's coming in a few short weeks when these devices hit store shelves and set the stage for what might just be one heck of a what's in the box episode down the road. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we are here this week. Uh, you know, there's no other way to get to it. We're, we're here to talk Samsung, people. So if that's something oh, yeah. you're not here for, um, the we're gonna, whole... Uh, we're going to unpack it. Listen oh, to the geez. end where we talk about what you want here. <laughs> what, like and subscribe? That's yeah. pretty much the only other thing we have on the that's slate. It. But uh, no, and, and we're really bad at saying that. So yeah, anyway... Um, no, so we are here to talk about um, this week's Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event. It is, if that sounds aggressively familiar, it's because we did one of these just a few months ago. Um, Samsung, unlike many others, have two separate unpacked events each year now, or at least two, um, but you know, primarily two flagship events. One earlier in the year that we covered, again, it's really just a few months ago, where you know their their main frontline flagship phones, more, more the traditional event. Uh, came out of because that's where we got things like the s23 ultra um, uh, mm-hmm. the s23 lineup of phones ultra you know so on and so forth those would be more your let's call it what it is your direct iphone competitor right like, that, like that's what that event is about yeah, for sure in, in your cell fall, phone classic event <laughs> right in the fall apple does an iphone a few months later samsung comes out with an s series phone like that's just that's how that tick and talk works zero puns intended that was a that was a phrase before it was an app i'm just saying um ask intel all right um, so this is the fall i guess no i guess summer i don't know summer, late yeah. summer um unpacked event and it is geared towards primarily the z lineup of devices from samsung and that is what many would call and maybe some of your hosts here included the more interesting of the two um yeah. You know, if the S line is for the masses, the Z line is for the crazy people like us, pretty much. Um, <laughs> it's their foldables, which mm-hmm. is still a niche, albeit growing, both in people that are making them and people that are buying them, but still a subset, a fraction, a piece of the overall market share that is 
certainly the entire smartphone market, but even just the market that Samsung serves with their right. 843,000 different devices that they've had. <laughs> and I don't mean device count. I mean models that yeah, they come out ridiculous. with any, any given year. Well, Samsung has learned to play both ends, right? Samsung has learned to play the Apple game, which is you advertise the heck out of your out of your frontline stuff, right? You're Everyone's seen a TV ad for an S23 Ultra or a Z Flip or a Z Fold, which we're going to talk more about here in a minute. You don't often see TV ads for the A series of phones. Right, yeah, right? all those but, they make, yeah. But you know what they chunk at you every time you walk within 100 feet of a Verizon store? Those mm-hmm. A series phones, and that's why Samsung makes them. They've got, you know, they've got billboard fodder, and they've got free with a 12-second contract fodder, and everything mm-hmm. in between. Um, plus an extra Samsung's line. Whole <laughs> plus, plus an extra line, only for new yeah. subscribers. So... Uh, so reeling it back in a little bit anyway, this is that Z that, that Z line event. We got a couple other things that got tacked on to it to talk about. Also, um, it's interesting because those couple other things tend to bounce around back and forth between which of the two events they, they get latched onto. Um, the last time we covered their foldables, it would have been about a year ago. Um, that would have been the Z Flip and Fold 4, respectively. Um, the Flip 4, as some of you may have heard throughout our various episodes, is the one that I, that, that's my android daily driver i am i am a dual phone person so i carry an iphone and an android phone both out of necessity and out of fun and the really barring a few days here and there where i would you know need to move a sim card for something we were testing that z flip 4 has been my in the pocket go to android daily driver since i got it last year and it was almost a year ago to the day so Mm -hmm. um that's Anyone that knows me, it's pretty impressive. Um, I don't normally carry the same, especially in my like secondary phone position. That's normally a hot seat. It's whatever catches my fans. Yeah, it's yeah. got a mm. SIM card in it. And that's just, that's, it's really been interesting just to kind of be very happy and very comfortable with that phone. So what did Samsung do just for me? They made new ones. <laughs> right. um, at, least, at least it's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, we've so had two different experiences with our our flips, actually. Cool. That's actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because before we dive into the new devices, I think that tells an important piece of the foldable story as an industry, the foldable mm-hmm. story for Samsung, and the experience that you had that I was actually, I don't want to, you know, pre-tell your story, but we'll go ahead and tell it because I was really surprised about your for experience sure. with Samsung. Yeah, so, you know, getting the phone, you know, we look at... Because you have a Flip 4. Online. Yeah, same, same as four. me. Mm-hmm. Identical phone. And and you see online, like, you know, with the foldables, the there is a concern that the, the screen could break, right? The, the crease, the, the hinge, right? That's yeah, like... They are the by nature more fragile. They are a breakable mm-hmm. thing. We're, we're folding so, glass many times a day. <laughs> totally. So, you know, I knew it could happen, but uh, I just chugged on anyway. I wanted to be gadgety and use it, you know, like we mentioned. And uh, just a, two months ago... Um, I was using it and the, the screen did fail. Like the a big black splotch appeared in the middle, a line of pixels down the top, like it became unresponsive. Wow. So I was like, oh, it happened to me finally. Like, you know, yep. I, I thought it might happen. Um, so I contact Samsung and uh, did like a repair warranty thing. It still was under the one year, you know, warranty. Uh, so I sent it out. Um, they inspected it, they repaired it, and they sent it back for free uh, within a week for me. 
Nice. Um, so now I have it back. They replaced the hinge and the screen. They gave me like a little report thing, but totally free under their one year coverage. And uh, yeah, that was it. It was actually really impressive, to be honest. And, and really what it sounded like they were looking for was, you know, did you, you know, chuck it down a parking lot? Which you know they I mean? asked like, like three times. Like, is there any physical damage <laughs> right. on, on it? Like, then they probably wouldn't fix it for me. Did like, you drop kick stop. this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was like, no, I had a case on it the whole time, yada, yada. And uh, I was I was actually impressed. Like the, the whole the screen is beautiful. Everything is like perfect. Like it, it works great now. Um, so wow. yeah, it, it was, you know, we both had the same phone. Like yours is, is kind of stayed the course, like the screen. Um, but at least, you know, if it goes within that year, they, they do fix it. Well, today, John said to the day. So that's it. After today, he's yeah, done. After, after it's game day. over, man. <laughs> it's game, game over. over. <laughs> I might have to throw my SIM card in something else just to keep the just to keep that phone in good nick until the right. uh, trade in box arrives. Yeah, so. I saw I saw John and uh, he saw I was using a Pixel 4a in the meantime. So yes, <laughs> we were at an in person meeting, one of those rare things that people still do, and I see this phone end up on the table. I'm like, what? I knew immediately what it was, but I couldn't circle the square on was why, and then I got to find out why That's because. Funny. Cody's phone went from that's a weird mark on my screen to where'd half my screen go yeah <laughs> in shockingly quick order so that's funny and that does set the stage for the technology itself as well and we've talked about that many times before foldables are absolutely one of the most interesting spaces in consumer tech right now it's mm -hmm. new it's fresh there's people out there trying different stuff samsung got a way early lead and they're walking forward with that lead. And we're going to talk about this more. I would not say they're running forward with it right now. And totally. in a weird way, that might be the right choice because, you know, if we're going to continue using racing metaphors, you, know, you don't want to just settle into a lead and wait for people to catch up to you. But on the flip side, you know, if you burn through all the fuel, you're not going to finish the race. Yeah, so, and, and I, it's really... Kind of the, sorry. No, I was just saying what it comes down to is they're trying to invent a new technology. Constantly. I mean, they're trying to figure out the ways to, yes. like you yeah. said, John, fold glass. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much of it even comes down to what the what Cody's experience was. It the hinges, the, yeah. the, and the hinges were the story that we're going to get into with both of the main phones they talked about. For sure. So, you know, with that, I guess let's dive right into the event. Um, let's flip I, in to. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will openly admit, um, I was following this event in a text-based format because just it was held in Seoul, um, South Korea. Um, the way the timing worked out, I was not able to, you know, block out a chunk of my day as I would for a lot of these events. So I was catching it, you know, article by article as it would come out, and then spent a lot of time with those articles afterwards. So I genuinely don't remember, or actually I don't know what order these things yeah. were announced in in the event so we're we're gonna go through them in the order in which i tore them down <laughs> so with that um i started with the one that was most interesting to me right because it was the replacement for one of my favorite devices of the last few years and i voted for that by using it so mm -hmm. the the z flip 5 is now announced to replace the z flip 4 and you're gonna see a uh you know a trend here where we don't have a ton to talk about in quantity about each one of these, but I do believe a lot of the changes are going to be meaningful. Notice I didn't, I don't know yet if they're going to be good because we haven't right. gotten one yet, but well, they, I think they're going to be meaningful one way or the other. So with that Z flip five, um, it doesn't take long. This is the main difference between the flip and the fold this year. You, you look at it and you can tell because um, what was the one, you know, one point something inch outer screen um, 
know, and I'm being very, very kind with screen. It was, it was a double postage stamp where it basically showed the time and you could swipe over and see some calendar and weather and, you know, mm-hmm. use useful stuff. I mean, you get a preview of messages as they come in, emails, notifications, things like that. I mean, it was, it was very, very, the flip four had the largest externals to display that Samsung had done yet on one of those phones. Mm-hmm. This and one then they just, went for it. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. say, th- this one is not like, well, they add another half inch and we're going to get two more lines of text every time you get a notification. They went from it dominating, air quotes around dominating, the bottom, call it third, not even half of that outer folded display to nearly edge to edge. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by nearly is it basically uh, curves around the camera bump that's out there. The rest of the front plate of this phone is screen. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting choice that they it, did it, that it, cut out with yes. the shape of the screen. I mean, it's, it's just for aesthetics. It's not mm-hmm. like it gives you that much more information on the screen. No, but. It, and, it, it was, well, and I think it was a differentiating choice because if you look at it next to the most direct logical competitor, it's going to be the new Motorola Razr. Mm-hmm. And they, they went did. truly okay. edge to edge where the the cameras are cutouts. Mm-hmm. It's one of those oh, where the okay. screen goes round. So it is, you know, corner to corner. Is it neither edge to edge? Corner to corner is a better description. And Motorola chose to go all the way corner to corner and just has the cameras kind of floating there. Um it's it's entire to your point, Eric, it's entirely aesthetic either way. Because right. what you can still do with these outer displays compared to say the fold phones that we'll talk about talk about in a minute. On the flips, even with these displays being as big as they are, at least on the Samsung side for sure, they're still just for notifications and widgets. Right. Which I don't mean just in the like oh only. Just say it's not you're gonna you're not gonna pick up your phone, not open it, and start opening various apps and things like that. That's not what this is. It's for notifications and widgets, and that's not in a bad way. Um, that's one of the things I loved about the Flip Four was I could leave it closed on a desk. Therefore, you know, I was to the people around me, it was visually clear I was not engaging with my phone. At most, I was receiving. So even if I picked it up and looked at it, I was. If I didn't open that phone, the person I was in the room with or right. communicating with, they knew I wasn't engaging with it. I was accepting some information and putting it back down. Mm-hmm. And going back to an episode we had about, you know, social cues in this in this digital era. I mean, that, that was a, that remains an important one for me. I can leave it closed. I can look. Was that important? Yes or no. If it's important, I can you know ask it. You know, excuse me for a second, and then go you know do what I got to do, or put it back down and continue with the conversation. Right. It doesn't matter how long we've had smartphones. We've all been there. Someone picks up a phone to look at a notification. In the back of your head, you're thinking, Are they listening to me anymore? Mm-hmm. Are they Are they reading the first two lines of an email on their lock screen? Or are they playing Doodle Jump? Like, <laughs> wh- like which one is it? And yeah. that's just that's a big part of you know the culture anymore so i love that about these flip about the flip series of phones and i'm sure the motorola razor which i haven't used personally is very very similar yeah it's it's interesting because yeah i i do love that front screen you know on the floor on the four it is smaller um and it does you know just pertinent information nothing too crazy you can't pull up a keyboard on it or anything um but with the new one you know you can pull up a keyboard and respond to a text with it closed that's what i wanted to bring up and And, and what i think is weird about it is they do they want you to unfold the phone ever (laughs) you know what i mean like there's almost that like oh if you use the front screen you don't have to flip it open you can kind of respond and do these things so it's like it's like a funny like how and that's where holding it I, I, full disclosure, I ordered a Flip 5, and we'll get mm-hmm. into one of the whys here in a second. But I am crazy interested in getting hands-on with this device 
I'm also already questioning if it will actually remain the beloved daily driver for the next year that the four was. And could you just, you just hit on the exact reason why mm-hmm. everything I just described about the social interactions that I have with the flip four, I do think maybe with the need to be bigger, be better and throw these massive di- comparatively massive displays. Did they lose the very thing mm-hmm. that that made me love the flip five, the four, sorry, love the flip four, four, Gosh, mm. English. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, like, is that the whole thing, I, that whole interaction I just described with picking it up, absorbing the information, then making the decision, do I open the phone and engage or put it back down? Well, now if I can pick it up and start tapping away on it, it's a three point, I think two, it's a three and change inch display. Guys, the first iPhone was a 3.5 inch display. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's a different aspect ratio, but at the end of the day, it's yeah. a freaking I, iPhone 3gs slapped the outside of the thing like it is effectively a phone on the outside of the phone (laughs) in the same way the fold already was that we'll talk about in a second Mm -hmm. so i'm not pre-calling it not by a long shot but the mere fact that i can means that to me at least that whole social interaction that i was describing is tangibly changed because mm-hmm. it's no longer a one-way flow of information. It is, I can actually engage with it. Um, you know, my intent will still be, I have no, well, let me rephrase. I have no intent of tapping out any kind of responses like that, yeah, on a 3.2 yeah. inch <laughs> square aspect display. I almost wish you could turn the keyboard off. Mm-hmm. And and for me, yeah. it mostly will be because, I don't mean turning off, but I mean, I want to, because I'll be using it for widgets. Right. I like to check the weather. Great. Get to the weather. I want to see if that email was someone, you know, asking about a meeting in three weeks, or is it someone who's got a network down and they're asking for assistance? You know, like what, what, mm-hmm. what is that information? It is going to, for me, is going to remain a one-way flow of information. I just actually wish we would have collectively decided to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, on the flip style devices, the outer display is intended to be one-way flow. I just, mm-hmm. I, I think that was part of the magic of it. And now that could be gone. Again, I can decide to use it however I want. And we're all about choice and all this, and that's all great. But the fact that I can, and the person on the other side of that table from me knows that I can, right. it just changes something about that whole, that back of your head thinking that happens, back of your mind, you know, thinking that happens when someone picks up a device, um, you know, and we can also just make the conscious decision. Don't get your freaking phone out in the middle of a conversation. I mean, there's, there's that whole thing we can do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also going to throw myself in. No, no one does it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no way. For sure. No one, no one does it. Not Usually, without someone piping up and saying, Hey, this is a blah, blah, blah meeting. You know, everyone put your phones away. Yeah, you know put what your mean? phones then, in then, a basket when you walk in the right. door and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then guess what? Suddenly, it, you know, it's, you know, someone has to play teacher in his high school. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it yeah, I feel like the flip is definitely like a tabletop phone. Like you take it out of your pocket, and you put it on the you desk, put it down. Like you can see, you know, ambiently what that information and yeah, to yep. your point, I think with that big screen, like it almost eliminates the need for your watch in those moments, even like if you have a yeah. watch. Well, a smart watch is exactly how I would describe both interacting with the flip four and how it appears interaction will be with the flip five. Like it looks like smartphone widgets. Yeah. Mm. And admittedly, I'm sorry, not smart, um, smart, smart watch, watch yeah. widgets. And admittedly, my smartwatch has a keyboard too. I've never used it. <laughs> yeah. 
I've tried. I mean, I, I will admit <laughs> when I first got the Apple Watch Ultra, that was the first thing I tested. And truly, the screen is finally big enough I can tap out a basic response. Yeah. But I'm going to use SIRI to send that response yeah. every single time comparatively yeah. because I'm either shouting at someone because I accidentally hit the caps lock key or... Mm it autocorrect has gotten so bad. The Lord only knows what gibberish I'm typing out with my sausage fingers in that tiny little display. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, so holy cow, all the way back to the flip five. Um, the out, if, if we've spent a lot of time on the outer display, cause really visually speaking, that's one of two meaningful changes, right? Mm -hmm. Cause we've got, it's um, Gorilla Glass Victus, Victus two glass front and back so what is cool is the same glass protecting the back end where there's no screen is the glass protecting the front where there is screen so at least mm -hmm. there's a consistent material science between the two just one has a display underneath that the other one does not um and then even before you open it up the other visual change is apparent the if you've used a i guess we'll call it to date um type of um type of flip or fold phone there's almost a teardrop shaped gap between mm -hmm. them mm. that gap is now i'm not going to go as far as to call it gone it is dramatically diminished much like when we were first talking about the um pixel fold from google their hinge technology allowed them that was its big standout other than aspect ratio between the fold between the two folds was google's first attempt had a hinge that was capable of getting that uh, gap way way down now in very very early hands-ons it's sounding like maybe that hinge technology isn't so well fleshed out because they're <laughs> breaking yeah um but anyway so we're so we're samsung phones again we're, we're we're still in the comparatively very early days of this technology but one of the big criticisms of both the flip and the volt to date have been that that gap where when something when something's Achilles heel is dust and dirt and grime getting anywhere near that folded display and that gap invites that much more of the stuff traveling in your pocket to find its way in there. Mm -hmm. Everything we can do to minimize that gap is not only visually pleasing, it's potentially helping with that exact scenario. So big win there. Um, so yeah, it's new hinge technology. It's not only closer up, but Samsung says it's also a simpler hinge technology. They were able to actually strip down the number of moving parts and components in it. So Cody, again, going full back to your phone and many, many other people's experience, you know, all of us know the fewer moving parts, the fewer things there are to go awry and break. The mm -hmm. fewer, fewer opportunities for that piece of, you know, sand to get in just the wrong place and cause the gear to pop that goes up through the display and boom, you've got cracked glass. Like when you can simplify, you also make it in a lot of cases stronger by necessity. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, hinge increase. Well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say hinge increase hinge and the separation space. Cause there's still a crease. Every hands-on that I've looked at agrees. The crease is still there. It's yeah, we're not there yet, yet guys. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's still the nature of we're taking what they will still call glass and folding it. It's going to have a crease. It's just, that, that just is what it is. So, um, but those are the big ones. I mean, there's some internal internal changes. It's the it's the um, Snapdragon eight um, uh, Gen two. So it's, it's more, overclocked it's, for. It's like a specific one for them. I think right. They got a yep. yeah yeah. So it's so it's as are more powerful, but most importantly more efficient. So that, that's really been the whole, the, the Gen 2 line of processors have all been about, you know, let's get heat down, let's get some more battery life out of these devices, we'll bump the clock speed a little bit, but still it's about efficiency versus power, and that's a good thing. We've said it on the show about many devices, they've already 
I can I'll always take more power, but I want the power to last. So yeah. we're in a place where these devices are powerful enough to do the vast majority of the things we throw at them and very well. The question is becoming, can you do it for an hour or 10? Mm-hmm. And we want more of that battery life. So the efficiency is very, very key. And we want, you know, these devices, not just Samsung devices, modern smart devices, especially running Snapdragon processors, contend with heating issues, heating, you know, thermals. And the Gen 2 brings a lot of, you know, thermal improvements to the table as well. So, yeah, cameras, virtually or the same. Yeah. Screen itself, same pixel count, same, you know, the everything else is more or less there for it. It's just, you've got that bigger outer display remains to be seen too. Is that bigger outer display going to have an impact on battery life? We're driving a much bigger, brighter thing more often. I don't know yet, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, the hinge subsequently, the, 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 the fold in the screen itself. And that's, that's it. That, that amounts up to, uh, to your device. If that sounds interesting to you, if your name is Cody Toscano and you have now in a, a perfectly in shape flip four and are interested in a flip five, the other PSA that I will say is the 999 entry model of the phone now starts with 256 gigs of storage, yeah, which I think that's is, nice. that is if Samsung does anything for me time and time again, and this is, this is competition here, people. And I love it. They, this is going to be the first shot that starts driving the industry forward that let's just like 64 had two years ago, 128 gigs needs to die mm-hmm. yep. at the, at the size per photo size per video size per app as the, as the mean size of insert thing here that lives on our phones, 128 gigs is no longer an acceptable amount of storage with or without the cloud for mm-hmm. any normal person to get through a, especially if you're going on a carrier deal, a three-year life cycle with these right. devices. Yeah, it's you can't not. upgrade. Like that's yeah, you're gonna run out. There's no SD card slots anymore. Like that, all that you you have the storage you've got. So under normal circumstances, I would have said trade up and get something with more storage. In this case, you don't need to. So I just think that's really really great that it that it starts at two fifty six. So nine hundred ninety nine dollars nets you. 256 gigs of storage. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also, if you are the proud owner of a Flip 4, um, you can walk away with this phone for $100 right now. They are giving you $900 trade-in for a Flip flip 4 when buying a Flip 5 on the Samsung website as we speak. Jeez, they really Um, want you to upgrade. (laughs) Yeah, they're driving an upgrade cycle by just basically saying, here, take it. Well, Cover I mean, I would shipping assume, just about. I would assume if they, you know, fixed their hinge a little bit better, things, you know, less breakage, getting everybody into that new phone yes. is going to save them on repair bills on the back on end. So bills. why not? Oh, yeah. That's literally the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh, well, if the hinge is better, maybe. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and again, Cody, I'm not trying to spend your $100, but no. that's, of course I am. Um, <laughs> no. To your point, right now, your phone is in great nick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they, it just got repaired. Yeah. And I will tell you, they—they they, the only questions they ask, um, I'm not suggesting anyone lie on a trade-in form. They will catch you. They've gotten very good at that. Um, they want to know if it's if the screen is broken, which yours obviously is not because right. it was just repaired. They don't even ask what storage it is. So it doesn't matter if you bought last year's <laughs> cheapest one or the most expensive. They'll give you the same yeah. trade-in. They just want to know, is it a Galaxy Flip 4 with a broken screen, yes or no? Oh, you're good? Your new phone just became $99.99. Free shipping. Yeah, jeez. So... If you're interested, 
go go check it out. I mean, let's also remember what Samsung is doing with that. They are incentivizing people to be in a one-year upgrade cycle. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what they're positioning for. Because they know if you're walking into a carrier to get this phone, they're probably trying to schlep you onto a 36-month agreement, which means that your, prob- your chances of upgrading sooner than three years from now just fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And every three years is not what these companies are going after. They want to drive sales more frequently. They don't want to become yeah. the TV market where people buy a TV every seven to 10 years. They yeah. want you buying these phones every one to two years to keep driving. As they run out of new places to sell their phones, they need to, where they are, they have, they're focusing on getting the people they've already sold phones to keep buying phones. So, so that's, you know, and until we get them in hands, of course, that's, that's the, uh, the flip five. Um, Quick pivot over to the Fold Five. So again, you know, quick flip phone primer, a a or a folding phone primer. A flip phone would be something. It sounds exactly like what it is. It is the return of the phones from the late '90s, early 2000s, <laughs> where they they where they go from something that's larger into something that's smaller. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that they go from something that's normal sized today to something that's smaller than normal sized. The fold phones fold like a book, mm-hmm. and they go from something that is larger to something that we would consider more normal sized. There's some aspect ratio things to say about normal that we'll get into here in a second. It's a choice that Samsung continues to make. But the Fold the Fold 5 is very much their flagship of the Z line of these yeah. foldable phones. Um, it is the closest thing to their S23 Ultra lineup. Not quite spec for spec. Cameras aren't as good, you know, things like that. But it did get the treatment of that same Gen 2 processor. It's going to get more speed. It's going to get more efficient, better thermals. Um, Brighter screen for you, John. I was just going to say, so starting on the outside, working our way in, unlike the Flip 5, you could be forgiven for having to really squint. If, if two were sitting on a table, like almost you would have to look for the crease, right? Because this mm-hmm. got the same treatment. It's got the more efficient, the, the, uh, you know, the, the updated hinge that allows that, cre- uh, not the crease, the actual gap between displays be much, much narrower. All good things. But from the outside in, that's one of the only externally like viewable changes between the two. They're very similar phones. They didn't, they didn't mix up the whole thing here. Not that they necessarily needed to. And we'll, uh, I don't think because once you open it up, it is big, beautiful, same, you know, same overall size, much set. I think it's what Eric, 1750 nits. 1750 up to yeah, 1200. Yeah. Yeah. That is, well, the common is you can use it in sunlight. I mean, that that is you can comfortably use it in sunlight levels of brightness um, or in the case of me in a pitch black room because I because <laughs> I hate my eyeballs. That's a light. Um, that, that, that's right. It's a nightlight. Um, no, but this is this is Samsung's powerhouse, right? They want this to be bordering on your laptop. You open it up. It's almost the, the way they've chosen the aspect ratio continues to be so different from, say, like the, the um, Pixel Fold from Google. We talked about that where the Pixel Fold, even when closed, was a shorter, wider display. Mm-hmm. Meant The outer display was meant to be used more almost mm. because the, the Galaxy Fold is very, very narrow yeah, um, very when, tall, when narrow, closed. Yeah. It almost like I get like... Um, Remember the the uh, the now basically defunct uh, TV remotes that had the, the basically the giant display on the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Like it, it, it reminds me the, the the Logitech remotes, Harmonies. Oh my gosh, sorry. Yeah. The the, the mm-hmm. big Harmony remote. It reminds me of that, like a tall, narrow display. Um, but again, they've never for this lineup ever had the problem of what we're talking about with the flip with the flip phones because with Fold that outer display was always meant to be used 
both ways. You okay. know what I mean? It's a, it's, a, it's a flow of information to you. It was always designed to be picked up and to be used as effectively a smaller phone on the outside of your bigger phone. So that's not a dramatic change here. It's how it's always been. Um, when it's closed and sitting on the desk, it's basically meant to be your other smartphone, just a really, really narrow smartphone. Again, for yeah. large-handed people like myself, not always the most comfortable to use. But for me, at least, that's not why one would get a phone like this. The whole point is to open that sucker up, and here's this effectively small tablet-sized display. Yeah, it's, an, it's an iPad mm-hmm. mini size. It's, it's an yeah. iPad mini that you can actually fit in your pocket reasonably-ish, is what it really mm-hmm. boils down to. Um, but going back to aspect ratio differences, once opened up, again, the the uh, pixel fold is meant to be opened up like a book and held and used that way. The mm-hmm. aspect ratio of the, of the um, Galaxy fold is much more, it's meant to be opened up and almost instantly it's like begging you to pull a 90 degree turn and hold it the other, you know what I mean? Like wide mm-hmm. ways. Like it's just, you can use it. It's big enough to display. You can very competently use it tall you know what i mean you you can but just the way the app design is samsung continues to refine their multitasking this is made to be a productivity device on the go versus the the pixel and other takes are much more of a consumption device on the go um they're almost begging you to twist it 90 degrees use it like a mini laptop you know style display almost and have an email up with a YouTube video and, and a browser tab. Like again, it's not, it's not a big display, but it's certainly big enough to do mm-hmm. several things on at once. And unlike most other attempts in this space, Samsung's giving you the tools to do that in a meaningful way. We were just talking in a recent episode about, you know, Apple's continued struggle with, um, um, I just blanked on, on the, uh, cause I hate it so much. Um, Oh, the, the, the multitasking. Like you want to say you launch pad, but it's not stage, launch stage pad. manager, stage manager. Holy cow. Thank you. <laughs> oh, like, and how in, in the, in the, re, in the recent betas, you know, stage managers got improvements, but I would say to this day, even on a full blown 13 inch iPad pro stage manager on that iPad is less, less powerful than what you can do with freeform windowing on these galaxy devices. Um, yeah with the screen real estate they're giving you. So I just think that that's really cool. Samsung continues to make some somewhat goofy software choices, but that's mm-hmm. always going to be a hallmark of Samsung stuff. I, I just make myself remember what it was like to use a Samsung device five plus years ago that brought goofy to a whole different level. And they've really <laughs> refined their oh, software yeah, language yeah. down where it's, I just see things where it's like uh, stock Android would have been so much better there, but that is frankly happening so many fewer times than it once did. Oh, and yeah. the tools you get in exchange are way worth it now. Like way, way, way worth it. Like I said, the multitasking, the productivity, freeform windows, which you can do with an S pen, just all of that is, is really, really great. So um, I, oh, I did see that they made the S Pen thinner as well, right? For, they did forty percent, I think. It's it's thinner, so it's easier to stow and store and carry away and yeah. take away with you. But what's yeah. interesting is you still can't store it in the phone like mm-hmm. you can on an S twenty three Ultra. <laughs> so it's like, sure, you've got case, this pen, right? <laughs> and yeah, you, you got to get a case to store mm-hmm. it, and that's that's fine. And at that point, I mean, it was already thin to begin with. Now it's forty percent thinner. It's is it going to be uncomfortable to hold and use? Right, you know? and that like, was like my first a, thought. Like it has a, a more read, like flat you know? profile, I think. Maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, Microsoft did that with one of the versions of their Surface Pen. And even I was like, this is like, I get it. Like the, the flatness is there for like portability purposes and yeah. like to fit into the case. But from a usability perspective, my hands are just too big to use that comfortably. And I have a mm -hmm. feeling this is going to be a very, very similar or worse yet because it's even smaller than that by a pretty fair margin. So we'll, we'll see. We're going to try it out, um, reserving judgment as best I can. But I, Eric, I agreed. My first thoughts on that were of all the things I wanted to be meaningfully thinner Not that wasn't pen. like that yeah. that wasn't the one that yeah. i was probably going to lean to first so oh man so that, that i mean i don't want to glaze over it but i mean that that was really where the big changes on both of those phones i mean yeah. for the fold it was the rest is par for the course but going back to our original premise this year of all years i think that's okay mm -hmm. because what they effectively did was they addressed the main thing that people had until they can address the crease. That remains right. like the thing yeah, the that people see and talk about. Whenever I hand someone a foldable and, and say, try this out, they all, every human being I've talked to goes to the crease every time. It's like, oh, it's got a crease. Oh. I'm like, yeah. And then I do my spiel, oh, it visually goes away. You're only yeah. gonna notice it when you're swiping. And that's all true. They don't believe me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to actually I, and use I, it. And but, I agree with them. Go ahead, Eric. No, I was just gonna say the big, it feels to me like the biggest thing they did on both of these phones is make them almost an unbeatable value proposition. I mean, the prices stayed the same. I was going to say, in so much you can make an $1,800 well, yeah, smartphone I mean, a value right. proposition. Again, they, they stayed yes. the same, but they're giving you they're more. giving you actually more for your money. It's not like they yep. just went, oh, hey, we put a new processor in there. Um, you know, go. They, they're actually yeah. giving you more storage out of the gate with yep. the processor they've in, they've done the hinge they've done so they're basically tangible improvements right and yeah. and i think that this is the point they're making it it's not a value proposition for somebody like me say who is fully into the apple infrastructure with their phones i wouldn't switch simply because mm -hmm. of that i'm not rebuying all of my apps they're not going to win me over with the people they're winning over are are the you guys who have the four and then they're going you know here you go you can get into this new phone for a hundred bucks yeah. That's a huge yep. value proposition. You're going to get twice the phone of the cheap model for a hundred bucks. And I wow. mean, that's, you know, that's pretty unbeatable when you look at and, and without renewing your contract either, which is pretty huge. Right. Well, and, and back to the effects of competition, Eric, you're absolutely right. Because is this not the year where for Samsung, at least they always want new customers. That, that's a true, yep. every, every company wants new customers, right? That's, that's just a fact. But for them this year with the Pixel Fold, coming to reality with Motorola's razor getting better and better and better. And then you go outside the U S and you got something like Oppo and there's, there's other competition popping yeah. up. This is, this not as much the year about shoring up the faithful yep. and saying, you, you just said it, you've already got one of these devices. Come get the new one for comparatively pennies because we don't want you buying the other guy's phone. Right. Mm. And that's, that's a good effect though. Like yeah. them being incentivized to retain customers. That's one of the things competition does. If Samsung remained the only player in the space, they would have no motivation. They say, Oh, you want a folding phone where all there is. If you don't like it tough, they yeah. have to keep making the product incrementally better. That's good for everyone. But then they also have to work to make it worth your while to stay with them and not go and not go against, you know, not go across the street to the other guy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's win after win after win for the, and, and Samsung still gets to sell phones. That's, that's, that's good too. Like they have to stay in business and be profitable. That's all fine, mm -hmm. but they're doing so by having to make concessions that are a better experience for us, the consumer. I'm happy. Yep. 
for sure. I'm yeah, happy. Tra- trade-ins will hit way nicer than having to do the other I, thing. So I'll give you another trade-in example. And this one is even um, not direct because I did not have a fold to send them. If someone, say, wanted a fold five, which is $17.99, they are doing, Eric, you already said the a, the base is already 256 but then they're doing a free storage upgrade. So for the entry-level price, you can get 512 Yep. So okay. That, okay. a lot of storage on a phone, man. I'm not, yeah. I'm not especially, you're gonna, especially for something you're going to use like a tablet and a productivity device, as we just mm-hmm. talked about. That's as much storage as most laptops have. Actually, that's more storage than most laptops yeah, have. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, awesome. If you happen to have, oh, I don't know, say a Pixel 7 laying around, so a Google phone, $650 is what they'll give you in trade <laughs> towards well, that phone. We'll take it, yeah. <laughs> so, but think about it. think about the the importance of that number. So, mm-hmm. what just went from being a that's a really expensive. I'm not ending with a comma in it. That's our test, right? That's definitely still expensive. Yeah. But guess what? That just made it the same price as an iPhone Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if someone's on the edge of saying like, "Oh man, yeah, I really want to try out this foldable thing," but I've got the you know, I just I've got this Pixel Seven Pro that I just got eight months ago, and blah blah blah. Guess what? You probably got it for like eight hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Speaking from experience, guess what? You can get <laughs> six hundred and fifty of your eight hundred dollars back out of it after having yeah. used the phone for the better part of a year, and it brings that phone down to what you would spend on any other. Again, not it doesn't make it cheap. Yeah, it makes it right. the same price as every other flagship out there, and that was the point. Is you know, guess what? Again, having gone through experience, I didn't get that kind of value when trying to get my hand when I tried emphasis on to get a hold of a Pixel Fold, right? Because yeah. Google can't get out of their own way. A trillion dollar company can't get out of their own way long to try and sell me a device. Mm-hmm. So, and then when they did, for some people, they. I almost said set on fire, but that's still too soon when doing a Samsung show. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. Note team. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, we're breezing right along. We'll breeze right along at the almost 40 minute mark. Um, because we're obviously going to talk much more about these in a, in a what's in the box fashion when we get hands on with them. So, um, but for those that are maybe are, you know, on the Samsung side of the house or have been watching these foldables for a while, we just wanted everyone to know at least what, what's different, what's new, what's important about these devices. Um, but as I mentioned before, there are some other entries from the broader Samsung lineup that tend to pop up in these events, but not every time, or at least you always know which one. So they do. So like the um, tablets, for example, were featured very heavily, not at last year's foldable event, but at the unpacked before it at what would have been, I believe, the S22 Ultra launch event back in early 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would have been the the Tab 8 lineup of devices. And if you remember our uh, What's in the Box episode around then, the main thing we focused on was Samsung's behemoth S8 (laughs) Ultra 14.6, I believe, inch, um, you know, laptop with its keyboard chunked off. So we're just going to sell you a screen tablet. Um, Well, guess what, everyone? We're doing the same thing again. Because Samsung did announce a trio of laptops in various sizes. Um, Some of the big takeaways from the smaller options, the that what really made the S8, I'm sorry, the Tab 8 Ultra really special was not just the size of the display. It's a, it was a massive OLED display. Right. And as, a, as the owner of one of those devices, one of the best OLED displays I've ever used. 
Um, just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous screen. Every time I pick it up, it's one of the best screens I've ever owned, mm. TVs included. It's just a great panel. Samsung makes it. Like right. they know what they're doing. They're, they're taking the best for themselves, as is their right. Um, so that OLED panel is coming down to the mid-sized option now for the first time as well. So if oh, you nice. don't want to cart around a 14 and change inch <laughs> display, but you still want that amazing, amazing OLED display, you can now get it at a much more functional size, that mid-sized uh, uh, device. But again, as is typical for this show, we're going to spend most of our time talking about the biggest and the best and the fastest entry. So that is now the Tab 9 Ultra. Um, still coming at 14 inches, still coming in with you know a metal and glass body. Um, similar treatments as the phones, right? Newer processor, more efficient, should be more battery life. Same great um, OLED display, just getting you know, um, you know, bumped up in some color quality features and some brightness. I mean, it's just it's the same device just turned yeah. up, right? You know, QHD plus, 120 hertz variable refresh rate. Um, continues to have the in-display fingerprint reader that I will say actually works, unlike many cool. of those that I've used. Uh, it is it is one of the most reliable in-display readers that I've used yet. Um, and, and have used consistently for over a year now very, very well. It does a good job. Um, they're going to bring in, they're bringing a feature called vision booster, as I mentioned on the display, supposed to really boost color quality in outdoor conditions. Cause we said earlier okay, about, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the nits, the brightness really help you see what's on the screen, but normally gets washed out even at high brightness when you're in that, um, uh, when you're, you know, outdoors again, remains to be seen. Is that just a, you know, quirky marketing ploy and it's all just a bunch of garbage yeah. <laughs> or is it actually going to make it, I'm going to take it outside. Let's, I am in Florida after all sunlight mm -hmm. is the one thing we're not running low on over here. So we can absolutely test that when we get hands on. Um, and then there's, you know, the, uh, allegedly the speaker setup is about 20% louder. Um, I don't know what monster is sitting there in a crowded room cranking the speakers on right. the tablet. Um, yeah. Please go get some headphones, man. If that's you, like, just stop it. We don't want to know what you're watching. We yeah. really, really, really don't. Um, if you can't find the crazy person on the bus, it's probably you. I'm just throwing that out there. So. <laughs> um, a lot of the other stuff is still table stakes here, right? Um, so we've got um, S Pen coming bundled in magnetically attaches to the back for charging. This is the same as the, uh, as the, as the, as the, as the tab S eight lineup. Again, big fan. I would say that pen is very, very good. I'm hoping it's not crazy thin, uh, like maybe the one that's coming with the phone <laughs> because I actually found the other one quite, you know, comfortable to use. I'm hoping this stays the same. Yeah. Um, they said it has more pressure sensitivity and, yep. uh, less yep. latency for the pen. That's good. Yep. What I like too about the about the S9 Ultra specifically is it's got an IP68 rating. So it's yeah, got some pretty, pretty cool. serious for a tablet. That's some pretty serious yeah. dust and water. So you can start using it in the bathtub now. That that's right. You know when you're when you want to bring a 15 inch display in to watch those reruns. That's a, that's what we're going for. So um, yeah, there's now you can get all the way up to a terabyte of storage with 16 gigs of RAM. Most people are going to end up in the probably the 256 or the 512, which also come with 12 gigs of RAM. I will tell you that is perfectly fine and enough unless you're using this thing in a like in a pro situation, which. I almost laughed saying that because yeah. who's gonna who's using an Android tablet in a pro environment? In a pro environment. <laughs> I, th yeah, they're they're just not. So I do not do not shell out for the terabyte of storage just to get the RAM unless you need the terabyte of storage for some reason. So, um, yeah, I mean that's 
it wasn't an earth shattering change, not by a long shot. Um, it's just got a lot of great features, right? Wi-Fi 6E, GPS, you know, it's still got the DEX feature that will let you play and you do it in a true, almost like a, like a, it reminds a lot of Ubuntu, like, like a Linux yeah, desktop style yeah, environment, is, which mm-hmm. can be, you know, a, a lot of fun to play with, excuse me, fast charging at 45 Watts. So you're going to be able to charge it nice and quick. If you're, you know, shoving enough power at it, um, cameras, one of the through lines here is Samsung very obviously did not invest a lot in camera tech this year because cameras relatively unchanged. I also know they tend to reserve the big push forwards on camera tech for their like Galaxy S line, their front line mm-hmm. phones, and then that filters down to the other devices. So there's not a thing wrong with these cameras, but you're not going to be like, again, if you're out there holding up your 15 inch tablet to take pictures, we need right. to talk. Which we've seen. <laughs> I've seen that out there. Yeah. We've all been to Disney World. <laughs> we've all seen someone standing there taking a family photo with a giant tablet. I want to know who's taking that tablet on Thunder Mountain, but I digress. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely need more, uh, you know, tablets in the space, you know, you know, to, to compete with the iPad, which is really the we do. tablet. Well, no, it, it is. There's the iPad and everything else. And I am also well aware this is not going to change. The, these tablets are not going to change that. I'm glad they exist. They need right, to exist. Sure. There's also nothing here where it's going to be like, oof, that's really going to give the next iPad Pro a run for its money. And I don't mean from a hardware perspective. This hardware is really, really good. Um, Samsung, unfortunately, can't even solve what is the heinous android tablet app situation and that that just remains the that's why the joke about what there is no professional using this thing because what would they do on it yeah Mm. there's no apps for them yeah there you know nothing in that space so again if you're looking just for a big giant android tablet or i guess you don't have to get the ultra there's also the you know the two much smaller options that are out there that's that's fine um but just know these are out there yeah a, a, a lot of the you know key changes are relatively the same it's, it's a tiny bit heavier um probably coming from from some changes in battery but same ppi on the display same refresh rate still super amoled like you know all, all these you know features and functions are there um just if you're in the android space this is a if you're if you're if you're both feed in on android any of these three options are going to be for you but if you're really looking for you know basically a tv to lug around with you that s9 ultra it, it makes a statement i will say yeah <laughs> um, and the last thing i'll say on it is there are some um a couple additional like first party case options so i you know famously got the um the one that magnetically attaches both to the back and like almost like microsoft surface style um attaches a keyboard to the bottom keyboard and oh, touchpad cool. combo yeah um Really big fan of that. In fact, I spent months trying to find the iPad equivalent of that case in case you're wondering no one makes it and I wish they would. Because especially first party, the only way to get a case from Apple that has a keyboard is to always have the keyboard. There's no way to remove it. It's always there. I love that about the about the um, the S8 is that I can just pop them apart, throw the keyboard half in my bag and carry around the other one. If I need to do something productivity wise, I throw the keyboard back on and I've got a laptop again. It's mm. great. Like I, yeah. that is, that remains one of the best usage examples I've ever come across. And yes, don't email me. Logitech makes something close. It is big. It's bulky. It's it, it, the, the, the real superpower here is that it's all magnetic. 
Yeah. So like it magnetically attaches to the back of the case. And then it has a flap that magnetically holds your S pen in place for charging. And then the keyboard magnetically attaches at the middle. Like you can disassemble the whole thing as quick as you can put it together. That's it's cool. a great user experience. I want that exact setup on every other tablet device I own. Um, haven't come across for anything other than this. Um, but there's some new entries. There's a like middle of the road if you want a keyboard, but not to go all the way in on it. There is a thinner option that it basically loses the trackpad, mm. and then it doesn't like it. It doesn't use a kickstand like a Surface style kickstand on the back. It's more of a like folding. It reminds me actually a lot of the Apple like the the keyboards for the iPad before the one that we have now where it's floating on the hinge yeah, yeah, yeah. where it kind of goes into tent mode almost and holds mm -hmm. the screen up and then you've yeah. just got the keyboard floating there no trackpad it's much more like that um and that's the one they're heavily discounting as well as a pre-order pack-in you can get it for 99 dollars. so you need a basic case and a keyboard the mouse piece isn't that important to you i will tell you as much as i love the case design the trackpad on that case at least the version for the s8 ultra was usable at best yeah. um it, it just it just was not a great trackpad it just it yeah. just wasn't and i'm a, i'm very you know touchy <laughs> about, about, <laughs> about my trackpads and i just want a better experience there and really didn't get it a whole lot so um that's that's everything there really is to say again until we get hands-on with the s9 ultra yeah. specifically that, yeah. that we're going to do that with and um last but not least they threw some watches at us and, um, you know, I love a good watch event and that's what we got. Oh, yeah. Um, specifically it is the return of my most belied feature from the five series of phone. I'm sorry, of watches. Um, <laughs> there's another way to say it, the rotating bezels back, baby. Oh, yeah. And I am so <laughs> excited about that. Um, really the, the, the watch five pro. And much like when the watch five pro came out and really our takeaway was it's impossible not to make comparisons between what was the watch Four classic and the five pro, but they were really different watches. Like in meaningful ways, they were different. That's still the same here. The watch six classic is the replacement for that watch Four classic. It's impossible not to make comparisons between the five pro and the six classic, but they're different watches made for different people. They, they, they just are there. Their use cases yeah. are tangibly different. Mm -hmm. um, from a construction perspective, the standout about the Watch 5 Pro was and still is, it's a titanium body. So it's very, very light, but it's very, very strong. Um, the Classic goes back to a stainless steel body. It's a little bit heavier, but it, as a result, it feels, looks, acts more like a traditional watch. If right. you're not looking for a fitness tool and you want a watch with a screen on it, this is much more like that type experience. Um, gone is the touch bezel. It's unusable. I've just mm. been here for a year now. <laughs> unusable, the touch mm. bezel. It just is. The return of that twisting bezel is both my favorite thing to play with and actually makes the thing usable. And I should say, it didn't make the watch unusable on the 5 Pro. It's just, it's a swiping experience. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, I'm going to flip it on its head. If you are out there using a 5 Pro and you have figured out how to competently use that touch bezel to navigate things, email me. I'd <laughs> yeah. I would love to know like how, because I've, I've never cracked it because it never goes where I want it to. It, I don't know how to control it. It's, it's just not a good experience versus the, unless I am intently staring at it. I think that's really the key. The, yeah. the tactile experience of the of the twisting um, bezel on the on the classic series of watches means I can glance down to get my bearings 
and then navigate it perfectly fine based on touch. Cause there's a physical thing that I'm moving around. I can feel the clicks. How many screens over did it go? Cause it's click, click, click. Mm-hmm. When you're using the touch one, you're just watching screens fly by. It's almost like those right. games where you try and stop it there's on no the feedback. Images. Yeah. No. So, um, the, the again, thing is just different. The thing that I was kind of impressed about with those was the the price announcements. Because when you look at yeah. that classic, that classic is more of a pro level watch. It's a, it's one of their higher level watches. You know, it's it's for sure. And and it, you, you said it, stainless steel body. So if you want an Apple Watch, and I'm not even talking the Ultra, because when you get to the Ultra, it's titanium, so whatever. But if you're right. talking just the regular Apple Watch series, if you want to go up, if you want to upgrade to the stainless steel body on an on an Apple watch series, whatever it is now, eight or nine, or I don't know what they're on. Yep. Um, you have, it, it ends up costing you $700, I think baseline six ninety nine when you go up to the stainless steel body, something like that. I think so. Yeah. It's, so it's up there and, and this it's, it's up there enough that just, unless the size bothers you just get the ultra, like this isn't right, about the exactly. Apple watch right now, yeah. but really it, it, it's, it's high enough. It's like, why? right. And this, and this watch, it looks like the classic comes in at three ninety nine. For the for the so there's two sizes you know small and large um right. three ninety nine or it's a thirty dollar upcharge so it's four twenty nine for the right. big one which so is apples to apples so, pun intended right yeah, that's the that's bucks. the price of the regular um, Apple Watch line yep and, and the, that's the, intentional and they're giving you a stainless steel case yep. and so it's um yeah I mean materials wise you're getting an upgrade from it which is which is pretty you, you are and was, again apples to apples ha 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 um I will say you can write stainless steel all stainless steel is not created equal. You know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. there is still, as someone who has owned all of the above as the watches we're talking about, there is a fit and finish and quality difference between the two. There just is. Don't get me wrong. Apple's padding their margin because it's what they do. It's why they yeah. have the money they do. Samsung is much more of a mass market, you know, sell as many as we can, lower margin kind of situation. That's what this play is. Um, this is not built to the same quality and standards as that stainless steel Apple watch you're talking sure. about. It's not going to last as long. And then it's really the same story as the, uh, well, it's not as bad, but it's up there as the same story as the tablets. Once you start getting like app ecosystems and things like that, the comparisons get really, really... Once we get beyond the physicality of the watch, mm-hmm. right? the Apple watch, yeah, there's a reason why it's the market dominator. Yeah, the Samsung watch is for people who are fully, like you said, both feet in. All in. Android. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, all in on Samsung, really. Yeah. I mean, right. that, that, that's the big one. It's all in on Samsung. And again, that needs to exist. That's a good thing. Because you know what you can't use competently with a Samsung phone? An Apple watch. Yeah. Just right. like you can't use this watch with an iPhone. So it's that's the part that sucks. That's not as clear and direct competition. That is that's walled garden competition. Right. And mm-hmm. so, yes, there's two people battling, but they're battling to lock you in their prison. And there's, a, that's a whole other episode that we have and will, and will continue to do because there are ways to do it better. I'm not saying bust the doors open. You have to build a user story. You have to build a reason for people to want to be there, but locking the door behind them is not the way to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. saying that critically of both participants or the market as a whole. But anyway, back to the watches. Um, <laughs> it, I obviously haven't held or used this watch yet. I, I, I didn't, that my comparison to the fit, finish and build quality of like an Apple, a stainless steel Apple watch was just meant for that comparison. I will also say if this is anything like the watch Four classic, it's still going to be a great watch. Yeah, like right. it really, that was my main love of the watch Four was that I put it on and unlike an Apple watch in every good way, wearing the watch Four and even the watch five, except for the bezel feels like I'm wearing a watch. 
I, mm-hmm. re- I continue to believe there's value in offering people that round display option. Totally. This is just, I love it. you know, will it potentially change with time? As I hate to say it, the generation that grew up with real watches dies off. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I mean, let's, let's face it. I mean, there's a whole generation growing up right now that square smartwatches are all they've ever known. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's are. And that won't seem strange. But for me, going back to nostalgia, there is a sense memory of putting on a round piece of metal and glass on my wrist and looking at mm-hmm. it to see the time. Mm-hmm. I just I like that. It feels good. It feels I've I was that kid in elementary school that loved his watch. Like it's just watches of my entire life been very, very important to me. So, you know, and that, that might have been why I was so excited about the smart watch industry when it burst onto the scene all those years ago was it a, was it a calculator watch that you had in absolutely yeah. not i will i will say it was not a, it, it was uh it was round and we'll, we'll okay. just leave it at that okay um there no, were many iterations none of which were it's eye-catching like if you see a round smart watch you're like ooh, okay like i like it's that. different like, yep. yeah it's different it out, which is funny it's because different. it's going back to a traditional yeah. shape it's, but it now stands out yeah it's different by being the same yeah. um no so um a couple other things about the about the classic it's not meant going back to it. It's not, it's impossible not to compare it to the five pro, but it's not the same watch for the same people. It doesn't have the same battery life. It's got fitness features, but it doesn't have all the same fitness features. Like if you are looking for a fitness watch that is a smart watch and you want, and, and you have an Android device, the five pro is still the one you should be getting like period in the conversation. It's a better overall experience. Bezels notwithstanding. Um, cause also the lack of that rotating bezel is what helps make that device as solid and strong as it is too. There's fewer moving parts going back to our conversation earlier. But if you were just looking for a smartwatch that will track your steps on your morning walk every day, also that classic is going to do that just fine and offer you a more traditional watch experience that has some other benefits to it also. And again, we can't not talk about the starting price, $400 for the small one, 430 for the larger one. And it's like, a, I think a $50 upgrade if you want LTE. Like it's just, it's just really right. like the value proposition is just incredible. Um, but then trade-ins. I, I, I am trading in my 5 Pro because if I'm doing fitness things, I'm just going to wear my Apple Watch Ultra. That just is what, it, there's not enough fitness. I had gone back to, they've, they've locked the door behind me. All of my fitness data lives in in Apple Fitness. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it just does. So that's and that's just where, because there is no good way to make that data portable, I had to pick one. Right, and that's just where yep. it lives. So that's where it is. So those fitness features were not valuable enough to me. So I end up getting the large, and guess so. For anyone else that's interested in trying this out, I was able to get the large stainless steel classic in the colorware that I wanted, band I wanted, like exactly customized as I wanted for $179. That's pretty good. Yeah, not too shabby. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I have to trade in the old one and, 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 but still it's like, again, they're they're giving you all the reasons to stay planted in their ecosystem. So you're here, you want the new one, give us the old one. And for 180 bucks, we got you for another year or two. Mm Because these are not typically annual releases for them. These are typically closer to a, you know, like they they haven't updated the, um, the classic side of the watch line for almost a year and a half. So, which, which is pretty, pretty normal. Well, I'm out of breath and uh, <laughs> no, it's, it, this, this is one of those that rolls around and I, I do, I love Samsung for it. The ability to, you know, chunk my quote unquote old stuff at them mm-hmm. and average anywhere from 50 to 90% off on all the yeah. new devices by sending them the old ones. And, you know, a little bit of a PSA there. They also do those trade-ins the way I like it. 
un, I hate to draw the comparison, unlike how Google did, which I'm still salty over. Um, I tell them I'm going to send it to them. They immediately take those dollars off in the cart. I'm not loaning them my money to get it back later. Right. So when that device ships and they charge me for it, it already has the trade-in factored in. They send me the new device with a trade-in kit. I send the old one back. Apple does it the same way. Several others do. When I was attempting, emphasis on, to buy a Pixel <laughs> Fold a couple months ago, yeah. um, they wanted to, and it wasn't even because I canceled it, they screwed it up, but they wanted to charge me the entirety of the cost for the Pixel Fold. And then when I was going to send in, I think it was a 6 Pro that I was going to trade in to get that price you know, down a decent amount. Um, when they got it and inspected it, they would give me a credit back for the mm. trade-in amount. So it's like, cool, they get yeah. to borrow my several my several hundred dollars. Um, that's neat. Yeah, um, you you're Google, I'm, very, I'm yeah. very positive you can afford it. Yeah, but, I think yeah. they, got the, they got the money. They're not the scrappy startup who's like, oh man, yeah, we need every dollar up front to cash flow this launch and then you know we can just you know back end it. No, like they've got the money. It was just, it was mm-hmm. just a bad, that created a bad experience compared to their peers. So, you know. If you're listening, Google. Yeah, and then their phones broke. Me. So, yeah. Well, well, their phones broke. First, their orders broke. Like I said, yeah. they did my job for me. They made the mistake of making it impossible for me to order a phone until the day the reviews went live. And then I walked away very unceremoniously and said, I'm going to wait till next time on this one. Yeah. Because um, I'm not your beta tester either. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, like that, that comes implied with Google that that foldables like in at least in the u.s they seem to be the the major player like releasing they are globally no they, yeah. they they got there first mm-hmm. with let's let's do the mini version of the, of the uh, history lesson here they got there first to ruinous failure yeah. like had to cancel yeah. the launch let's remember dieter bone and his coverage of that first galaxy fold and what started the domino effect of we're just not going to sell this phone but you know what? I get credit where it's due. Samsung got all his phone back. They gave people a bunch of money back. They could have just easily said, we can't afford to note again. We're, you know, maybe not this time. Let's, let's put on the back burner for a few years and try again. No, they charged forward. Mm-hmm. And every foldable that's come out since that disastrous initial launch has continued to get better each and every time. Sometimes by a leap, sometimes by a step. But it's gotten better every single time and that's what has established their dominance in this market but also is maintaining that lead so going full circle back to how we opened the episode they're not sprinting forward right now but i also don't think they should be because the main things in the foldable space are about how can we make it break less often how can we make it feel better in the hand how can we make the thermals better those are not sprint forward moments until they do have some breakthrough in material design. They're like, right. hey, we no we crease. made the yeah. we made the crease 80% less noticeable because of this radical change in our foldable glass. Like that'll be one of those moments. But until then, it is as boring as boringly meaningful as we made these change to little gears that you'll hopefully never see inside this hinge. But hey, Cody, there's now a 54% less chance that you're gonna get that piece of dust in there that broke your display right that that's not going to be immediately visible but it's meaningful and yep, it's intentional sure. mm-hmm. and that's that is the right credit to samsung that is the right in my opinion the right strategy to have at this place of the game when the rest of the market is just chasing after you full tilt you got to know they're there you got to keep again you got to keep moving forward they yeah. can afford to seed some of that lead to make the product better because much like 
I hate to say it, Google's doing, and it's a first gen device. Like Google's going to stumble out of the gate. Guess what? Their phones at least shipped. Yeah, That's yeah, more true. than you can say about Samsung's first attempt. So I'm not meaning to just torch Google on this one, but it's like, they also had the benefit of watching Samsung's moves over all those years. So, you know, it's also not an apples to apples comparison because they had the benefit of those, you know, stumbles to get out into the market. But Samsung does not need to feel that pressure to make bad decisions. And I think they're showing for them, especially historically speaking, a lot of good restraint in focusing on refining and making the best product that people are going to want to buy and have for more than 11 minutes. Yeah. Because that's been the story of foldables. And these phones are not bulletproof long. I could get mine. I could break a week in. Cody makes me feel really, really good to know that, you know, Samsung will at least work with me. Right. And, that, and, that was and like, yeah. I was this close to getting in, like an iPhone. I was like, I'm just yeah. going to get a different phone. I don't want to deal with this again. But you know, they, the experience was good. I was like, Hey, if they're going to fix it and send it back to me, I'll, you know, that's and, great. and as yeah. fast as they did too. That's yeah. what's impressive yep. about it. It shipped me yeah. like a one day label. I shipped it right out. You know, it was, it was nice. No, that's, that's really, really great. So, you know, to bring it full circle, we're going to have plenty of what's in the box action coming as these devices on August 11th. So it's just a couple weeks away. Oh, wow. early. Yeah. August 11th is the drop date for a lot of this stuff. Um, I will yeah. say from some previous Samsung releases, I have gotten stuff early. Um, they just, they don't seem <laughs> to lean into that. This is the street date quite the way that Apple does with some of their launches, which is fine by me. I, I think, yeah. I think it was when we did the, uh, the tab S eight, ultra that got in several days early i think the watch arrived like a week early so mm -hmm. who knows but watch for future episodes as we cover the devices and we get truly hands-on with them um it's that time of year right this is really i mean is this it, it. Is, is is this the kickoff of gadget season i it mean is. really because yeah. for all intents yeah, and purposes September. august is gonna sounds like it's gonna be the month of samsung yep. which is gonna roll us right into the iphone event and then into many, many other things that are going to be coming both on the software front, video. This is a big year. I'll say this is a big fall for games. Let me oh, tell you. Oh, yeah. With the waves that are with, with it sounds like some of the drama around Microsoft, um, you know, um, Activision. Activision starting Activision. to yeah. calm down. Like now the industry can focus on, oh, I don't know, maybe making some video games. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I, here's, this is my other like hot take at the end of the episode, completely unrelated to what we were here to talk about. Um, we, of course, have not covered in any meaningful way yet um, what's going on right now with the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild and just the impact mm -hmm. on broader media, which if you don't think that has to do with tech, I hate to break it to you, this whole strike is about tech at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Sure it is. Re really. I mean, it's most meaningfully about people wanting rightfully so to make a living and pay their bills and have food. But at the core of it all, it's being driven by a conversation that is very much about tech. And I think that's something we should be talking about and will be. But my aside there is Eric and I were talking the other day about what the second and third order effects of this strike are going to be, especially if it goes on as long as it's shaping right. up like it's going yeah. to. One of my predictions is we could see a charge forward in the gaming because when mm -hmm. one area of entertainment suffers, like other areas are going to have to step to, to, have to, yeah. step to fill People in are that be void. looking for something to do in their free time. Yeah. That's right. So it, I, I think there could be some very interesting impacts in the game space. Um, provided that, you know, those publishers don't give people a reason to massively strike and maybe they are, I don't yeah, know, that's I don't the work there, but it's, it's shaping up to be a big year and a big fall for that. So yeah, I guess I should have let off with, this is really the kickoff to gadget season and, um, Samsung did it well, I guess that's yeah. on that bombshell. I mean, really, I mean, kudos to Samsung where obviously all of that is with the huge, you know, grain of screen cracking salt until we get hands on with, uh, with the actual devices, but on paper. It, it looks like it's, you know, these were not earth shattering, but every single one of them, there wasn't a bad bit in the bunch. I guess for as much as they announced, 
I didn't see anything that was like, uh. like we talked about with other things. It's all quality of life updates. And yes, and they're, I mean, they didn't bring any of the fun as we talked about in other no. episodes, but they brought in a lot of quality of life updates and a lot of things that are going to make these phones last longer, both yep. physically and just in usability with battery life and all those kind of things. I mean, that's all meaningful to everybody yes, who has one of those if it's not dying in the yeah. middle of the day when you're trying to use it so yeah yep. it's all good stuff agreed so all right well anything else on the, on the back end of this one guys until the boxes start arriving because we said we were bad at it go ahead out there and like and subscribe <laughs> that's right <laughs> see i incepted you smash right. that like that's button it. smash that <laughs> like button oh see this is where i should die shut it down all right <laughs> no all right well with that we will wrap it up and catch you next time later, later.